Hey there, Mike Stelzner coming to you with a fascinating update you might not be familiar with. Did you know that Social Media Examiner can deliver all the marketing, training, news, and trends, insights that you need into your inbox three days a week when you sign up for our newsletter and it's completely free? Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates and take your marketing to the next level. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Very excited about today's show. Today I'll be joined by Jeff Goins. He's the author of The In-Between, Embracing the Tension Between Now and the Next Big Thing. We'll explore how to go from a passion to blogging to a book and ultimately to a full-time business. I've also got a really awesome new tool that I've recently discovered. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and share that with you right now. After introducing a vegetarian diet to piranhas, look what Michael Stelzner discovered. Okay, so I've discovered this really cool tool called Canva. It's like canvas, but without the the S on the end. C-A-N-V-A dot com. Now, first I have to tell you what it is. It is a web-based design platform. So essentially it allows you to drag and drop uh, pre-designed templates, customize them, just do really, really, really cool design stuff. And it's got a really um, huge array of things that it supports. But in particular, I want to focus on the fact that it creates really cool Facebook cover photos for your pages. And also you can create social media images, the kind that you often see floating through the Facebook news feed that have cool pictures and words and quotes and all that fun stuff. But in addition to all that, you can do graphics for your blog, you can do photo collages, you can do presentations, heck, you can do posters, invitations, business cards, all that cool stuff. Now, one of the first things I want to tell you is when you visit canva.com, they have one of the best design user interface experiences I have ever seen ever on any website, period. They've got this really brilliant design where there is a video running behind um, the screen and it fills up the entire screen no matter how big your browser is. I have no clue how they do this, but they've got some awesome user interface people. And then when you go to log in, um, just moving your mouse around reveals incredibly colorful artwork. I mean, this is just beautifully done. And I'm sure there's some really awesome people behind this. Now, just to kind of tell you how this works, I am in right now and you click on what it is you want to design. And let's just say I want to design a Facebook um, image for my, uh, my, my page, a Facebook cover image. They've got all these different templates and all you do is literally click on one of them and then you can just go in there. Once you're clicked on it, you can click on the text. You can alter the text. You can change the background image color. They've got all sorts of different um, images you can choose from. Many of them are free. Some are pay. This is how they're monetizing this thing. And you can upload your own images. And when you click the upload button, the interface is smart. And it just knows that there's images somewhere on your hard drive. And it finds them and literally allows you to start scrolling through them. And you can literally just click and boom, they're there. 
I mean, this is just a really, really cool thing. And there's so many things that you can do with this. Um, you can add shapes and icons and, and animals. And I mean, it's just, it's just amazing the stuff that you can do with this. I think that you're going to love this. Um, now, the one thing I will tell you is right now they're in beta mode. So what that means is you need to have a friend give you access and everybody who has a Canva account has the ability to give away five um, invitations, if they will, to a friend. We've seen this happen with Google and other platforms. You can also sign up to get on their wait list. I just sent them a tweet on Twitter telling them I wanted to review their product and they immediately gave me access. So it's really, really cool. Definitely probably something you could experiment if you're doing a lot of Pinterest images or if you're doing special images for your blog. Check it out. And um, canva.com is the website. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. With that, let's transition over to today's awesome interview. To help simplify your social safari, here's this week's special guest. I'm very excited to be joined today by Jeff Goins. If you don't know who Jeff is, he's a blogger who followed his passion and amassed 200,000 monthly followers and has published three books all very quickly. His books include You Are a Writer, Wrecked, and The In-Between. Today, we're going to explore how Jeff achieved success and what you can do to accomplish your dreams. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mike. Great to be with you. So, Jeff, here's my question for you. How, when someone says, what do you do, how do you answer that question? So, typically, I say that I'm a writer. And the truth is, I'm a lot of other things, but I think it's just easier to tell people that. And I made a decision several years ago when I was sort of hemming and hawing. And I think a lot of people do this with their dream. They don't really own it. They say, I'm an aspiring author, or I hope to be an entrepreneur, or whatever it might be. And before I was ever really writing, I started calling myself a writer. And, and so I still do that to this day because that owning of my identity and really owning that, that title and stepping into that before I had really done much with it was important for me to believe that I could do it. And so I still lay claim to that title of writer uh, because I, it is something that I do, uh, but also remind myself of kind of how far I've come. Well, you know, it's funny because, um, well, here's a question for you. When, when people are talking to your wife saying, what in the world does your husband do? What does she say? She says he's a writer. And, and then if she has a little bit more time, you know, she explains that I've got a blog and do this whole internet thing. And uh, if she's got a little bit more time, she explains kind of the weird ways that we make a living through, you know, selling invisible <laughs> things, you know, online information products and courses and, and things like that. But yeah, we just try to keep it easy and say, he's a writer, he writes books and, you know, go check out his blog. Well, Jeff, let's kind of explore a little bit of your story because I think that there's a lot of people listening right now who um, have a book inside of them or have aspirations to write a book 
or have dreams to have their own business and they're working for someone else right now and perhaps they love their work, but what they really want to do is follow their passion. And I know that this is part of what you've done. So let's start by asking, how long have you been, quote unquote, out on your own? So not that long, Um, not even a year. So eight or nine months I've been uh, doing this full time. Uh, This whole process has taken about three years where I started a blog and then it turned into a side business. And then at the end of last year, I realized that I was making enough money that my wife didn't have to work anymore and she could stay home and raise her son, which was something that she wanted to do. Uh, And I didn't really need to work anymore. And so I quit my job at the beginning of this year and have been writing and speaking and blogging full-time ever since. So before we recorded, you were telling me how you have actually, and your your blog, by the way, is um, called um, Goings Writer, or GoingsWriter.com, uh, and you were telling me that you, this is not your first blog, you have attempted eight other times to blog and have failed. And how did that process of failing prepare you for the ultimate success that you ended up having? Do you think it had any play in it at all? Oh, totally. And and I would say it was at least eight failed blogs. And they're still out there somewhere if you want to Google them. Um, yeah, it definitely prepared me for uh, perseverance. So, you know, those blogs were the result of me taking the shower or watching an inspiring movie or going for a walk and getting some great idea of a blog that I could start that could, you know, turn into a book and I could quit my job and this would, this would be it. And so after chasing all of these ideas and, you know, after two or three months each time of really going at it and then getting bored and not seeing the results that I wanted and my passion for it fizzling out in me eventually quitting, uh, I got really frustrated because one, I wasn't seeing the kind of results and engagement I wanted to see. Uh, and um, two, I, I wasn't sticking with it. I knew it, but I, but I wasn't sticking with it long enough to, to see some of that. And so after years of doing this, I just got fed up. I decided to start a personal blog where I would talk about writing and my own writing struggles in an attempt to uh, learn how to build a platform so I could get published and then just share the journey with anybody as that was unfolding. And so when I started that, before I wrote a single word, I made a decision that I'm going to give this at least two years before I quit. And I'm going to give it two years before, um, you know, I, I see this as a failure. And so what all that failure told me, which really was a failure of effort, it was a failure to keep going, uh, that prepared me to really put the time in to make this worthwhile. And, and I don't think it would have been as successful had I not made that decision ahead of time. Jeff, I know there's somebody listening right now who probably either has started a blog and isn't sure it's the right thing for him or her. How did you, how do you know when to give up on it and how do you know when to say, I'm going to commit to it? Yeah. Well, for me, I had chased uh, a very popular and, and as you know, my very successful way of building a blog uh, by, you know, doing a bunch of topical blogs. This is a blog about food or family or whatever. And I had done that a bunch of times and, and failed at it. 
And, and the problem for me was, what if I no longer, you know, I'm passionate about this? What if I stop caring about social media, for example, or, or whatever the topic is? What then? And so for me, what I did was I forced myself into position with a personal blog um, where, where I said, you know, like, I'm, I'm never going to not be myself. Uh, and, and so I'm always going to have to own this. I'm always going to own, have to own who I am. And I knew at the time, because I was just starting to, uh, uh, you know, take this step into being a writer, I knew that I would always be a writer. And so, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, uh, in part, you know, it's a little bit trite, but I think, you know, when you know, uh, and, and, and for me, it was what's something that I could write about for a long time. And if nobody shows up, I'm still going to write about it. I'm still going to talk about it. I'm still going to be excited about it. And so this is where passion really comes into play, because for me, I was always chasing an audience, always chasing accolades and rewards. And, and it's good to you know want to know what your audience wants. But for me, a really great message and a really good blog, I think, begins with you because in those early days, I think anyone will tell you, you have to start creating a lot of content before anybody's going to uh, pay attention. And so what fuels that for me is passion. The fact that I would do this even if nobody was watching. Do you recommend, let's just say that I'm a good writer and I know it, but I don't have a blog yet. Do you recommend to start out by testing the waters, by starting my own blog or by perhaps building relationships with established blogs and seeing whether or not my message resonates with their audience. What are your thoughts on that? And what did you end up doing? Well, yeah, I think I think I did the relationship thing first. I had started a blog. You know, it's not remarkable to start a blog anymore. It used to be 10 years ago. If you had a blog, you were extraordinary. Uh, and all you had to do was show up once in a while and write something on it. And it was amazing. It didn't have to be good content. You had a blog. You were publishing content on the internet. Now everybody has a blog. Uh, and, and so the question is, why are you worth listening to? And, and the truth is, it, it's not just important what you have to say and how good it is, but it's but who you are and who is willing to vouch for you because the world is full of so much noise. That, that is an important part of your platform. And, and I wish it weren't. I wish we could all just judge each other by the quality of, of our art or our craft. But there's just so much noise out there that we all do this every day. We, we go, why should I listen to this person? Or why do I have time to pay attention to this? And a great way to break through is to build relationships with established voices and whatever your niche might be. And so I knew how to start a blog and I knew that wasn't the secret to getting an audience. And so before I launched Goinswriter.com, I had coffee with, uh, you know, probably close to a dozen people that I looked up to. And these were published authors. These were uh, big-time bloggers. These were people uh, running their own conferences, entrepreneurs, all, you know, generally marketing-minded leaders and communicators. And I just bought them a cup of coffee and, and asked them, you know, some advice. And then we stayed in touch. And, and so when my blog launched, what I did, and I wish I, I was being strategic about this, it just sort of kind of fell into place. But what I did was I emailed all those people and told them, hey, new blog just launched. Um, check it out. If you like it, feel free to share it. And, and they did. You know, they tweeted about it or shared it on Facebook or whatever. And that first day that my, my new blog launched, 
I had more traffic in a single day than I had on any of those other failed attempts at blogging that I had tried over the previous four and a half years. You know, and I want to I want to pause here for a second and explain why this is so important because what Jeff did was he invested in relationships per, first, and he had face-to-face interactions with people that he respected in the industry. Those people became invested in Jeff because Jeff sought their insight and their advice. And when Jeff actually executed as a result of a lot of that insight and advice, those people felt obligated to help Jeff because they were invested in Jeff. And that was exciting. And talk about, you know, not only did they help you, but I think you helped some of them too, didn't you? So talk about the importance of writing on other people's blogs. Sure. So, I mean, once I had done that, I realized, um, wow, that there is power to this. It's not just about what I have to say and who should listen to me. I can partner with other communicators who have audiences that I want to connect with, and I can do what I do, which is write, and I can share that. I can essentially donate my services uh, by writing a guest article for for another blog or um, you know contributing something that adds value to that community in a way that invites people to connect with my blog if, if they like what they read. And, and so I did that a lot. I mean, I did that two or three times per week for a year. And so I wrote over 100 articles for 100 other websites and blogs um, over the course of that first year of launching my blog, which I think was the single best strategy for um, building that audience. I didn't just try to build it from scratch. I partnered with these people that I had already built relationships with and uh, gave away a bunch of content. Uh, in exchange for some attention in hopes that the people who resonated with that content would want to connect directly with me. And that often worked. And I will tell you, Jeff, that I, I did the exact same thing. My first blog was called Michael Stelzner's Writing White Papers. And I wrote for somebody named Brian Clark from Copy Blogger, who many of our listeners yeah. may be very familiar with. And um, some of the articles that I wrote for him were extremely popular. And now I can say having a website that itself is very, very popular and relies on people like Jeff to write for us, that every publisher out there, every multi-author blog is constantly looking for exceptional talent. And it is such a win-win, isn't it, for, for you and for that platform? Because when you get a chance to have a baked-in audience and they love your stuff and the publisher or the person that runs that site has really popular articles as a result of what you're doing. It's a win-win for both parties. Do you think that that was one of the key things that really helped you launch your success? Oh, absolutely. And frankly, I had listened to people like John Morrow. I mean, you mentioned copy blogger and and John did essentially the same thing uh, really, really well where he didn't have a blog for years and and, uh, he had, he had been established as a guest blogger on all of these other blogs, copy blogger, pro blogger, so that when he launched his blog before he even wrote a single post, uh, he had done all these guest posts building an email list. He had 13,000 subscribers before he even wrote a single blog post. And I was listening to people saying, guest blog, guest blog. And I was like, yeah, 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 I don't know about that. But once I started doing it, I realized, wow, like the kind of effort that it takes for me to find 5, 10, or even 50 readers just writing on my own blog uh, is exponentially greater than just writing that same blog post and putting it in front of, you know, on, on a copyblogger.com, for example, putting it in front of hundreds of thousands of people. It's a lot easier to build an audience 
that way. And and I think you learn a lot more when you're writing for these large blogs with huge audiences. You learn, you know, what it takes to engage with an audience at that level. And it can sort of force you to think bigger than, than you might do otherwise. Did you find that you were doing some of your best work for some of these other folks? Because that's what, what I oh, did. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So I, I read lots of lots of uh, advice and articles about this, and I can't remember who said it, but one person said, give your best content away for free, which felt counterintuitive to me. Like, I kind of wanted to give, I wanted to put my A content on my blog, and I wanted to, you know, give away my B content, uh, you know, as guest posts. And I realized, well, that's that's a really stupid idea, because if I do that, then what am I doing? I'm getting in front of people, and I'm kind of showing them mediocre work. But I'm saying, hey, if, if you think this is okay, well, go check out the really good stuff. Well, how have I proved myself to them? And so when I started giving away my best stuff, which as a writer was initially hard to do because I had this scarcity mindset, I can only create so much good work. But once I started doing it, it made me better. And so I started giving away my best content, and I realized that the content that I was writing for my blog became even better. It wasn't like, oh, here's my A content, and now now I, I can only publish my B content. Giving away my A content made me write more A content for my blog. I call this the how much more principle. When you give away your absolutely best stuff, whether it's for your own platform or someone someone else's, and it should be your best stuff when it's on a bigger platform, then a lot of times the readers will say, how much more will I gain if I follow? How much more will I gain if I go and subscribe? Or how much more will I gain if I hire? And it works. And I've always yelled from the from the rooftops, give it all away for free, your best stuff. And it does make you better. Now, um, were you making any money? What were you doing? I mean, you had a day job during while you're doing all this. Explain a little bit about that. I had a day job, um, and I was I was working for a nonprofit. And I was actually fundraising part of my salary, um, and my wife and I were making around the same amount of money. And she had just had a baby; she was on uh, maternity leave, um, and. Uh, we could not survive on just my income. And so uh, I wasn't making any money online. I had no idea how to do that. That to me sounded like, you know, equivalent to catching a unicorn or something. It just sounded magical. Um, and I read lots of people, Darren Rouse, especially talking about how hard it was to actually monetize the blog and how you had to have low expectations. And so, um, you know, about uh, six months, eight months into this process, um, I got the idea that it would, um, you know, it would be cool if I could figure out a way to do this. Um, but I didn't really know exactly how to do that. And, uh, and so I just started building an email list, which I knew was important. And, um, a year after starting the blog, uh, I, I sent my first email inviting people to buy something from me, which was a very short ebook that I, uh, put together myself, you know, in the course of like a week or two. I want to talk about this for a second, and I want people that are listening to pause and think about this for a second. What Jeff did, whether by design or by accident, was absolutely critical. He built his platform first, and then he figured out how in the world he was going to make money off of it. One thing you have to realize that is if you have something to sell, and you do not have a platform, then you must pay others who do have a platform. And those others include Facebook, Google, 
uh, radio and all the other media outlets that are out there that are ready and willing to take your money. But instead, what Jeff did is he invested his time and his effort into producing over and over and over and over again, outstanding content. And he built a platform that ultimately allowed you to do what, Jeff? Quit that job, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so by the end of that, so, you know, it took a year to build a platform and get to a point where literally people were emailing me saying, Hey, this is great that you're giving this thing to me for free, but can I pay you for something? (laughs) And I I was, I was literally getting these emails every week and I was like, huh, I, I guess there's something here. Like, I guess they wouldn't be, you know, super mad at me if I actually invited them to pay me for something. So uh, by the end of that year, that was January when I first I sold my first ebook and I made about fifteen hundred dollars in a week, which was amazing to me. By the end of that year, uh, I quit my job. My wife had quit her job; she was staying home with her son. She just never went back to work after her maternity leave, and we had tripled our income uh, through this uh, through this this little little side business, you know, that I thought was just kind of uh, you know a nice little thing to do on the side. It became um, a legitimate source of us making a living and even uh, allowing us to, um, you know, flourish. Okay, so let's roll back a little bit. Um, you started the blog while you had a full-time job. And, you know, you started blogging for a lot of other, uh, a stat- you started building relationships with people that were respectable. And then you eventually started blogging for platforms that were respectable while you were also blogging on your own. And somewhere along the line, the idea for an ebook came around. Um, tell us, kind of, was that all part of your plan? And how did that work? And what kind of advice can you share with others who maybe you know have an ebook inside of them and are blogging and are wondering how to how to jump to that next step? So I was watching a lot of bloggers. You know, this is how they were monetizing their their, their platforms. Like for example, I already mentioned Darren Rouse from ProBlogger. This was you know part of their business model was selling eBooks to their readers every quarter or so. And so um, I had already taken an article from my blog and turned it into a short PDF document, which I called an eBook, but literally it was an article. It was 900 words, and I'd already seen the power of that, giving that away for free in exchange for email subscribers. And so I knew that I could do that and people wanted that. The question was whether or not they would pay for it. And so uh, a friend of mine, a guy by the name of uh, Sean Platt, uh, told me to do a survey. And so at the end of that first year of blogging, I basically did a survey asking my readers what they wanted from me, what they were willing to pay for, and even how much they would pay for something. And when I heard from people that they actually would pay me money for something that I would create and, and kind of the, the easiest thing to, to start with was an ebook. Um, I started, I started putting that together and it was based on a talk I did, uh, at a, at my sister's college at a journalism class talking about essentially this very thing. What every writer needs is a platform. And, um, I did a, you know, hour long speech on that on uh, a keynote presentation. And then I just took that that slide presentation, and I I turned it into an ebook, and I sold it to my readers for like a dollar ninety nine or two ninety nine, and hundreds of people bought it, and I I couldn't believe it. What was your reaction when you got the first sale? I probably said you know an expletive or something. <laughs> 
I, I, I mean, I was, I was like, you couldn't believe it. <laughs> I just, yeah, I couldn't believe it. And, um, I mean, the kind of money that I was making off of this, I was like, well, gosh, like I could do this every month. Uh, I could just write an ebook every month. That was easy. And, um, and, and so, you know, basically what I did with that ebook was I, I sold it for a couple of weeks and then I took it down and then I, I really invested in the project and made it much, much better, expanded it into uh, more of a legitimate book. Um, and then I republished it a few months later, and it turned into an Amazon bestseller. Um, I, I created several other product packages along with it, and, and that one little product led to an online course and a bunch of other things that allowed us to uh, triple our income. But it all started with that survey that led to a presentation that led to something that I did, you know, pretty quickly. And then I saw that there was value there. Um, and you know, if, if you're familiar with Eric Reed's lean startup, it was sort of like a, the minimum viable product that people are willing to pay for. And then from there, it just grew. So t- key take homes for those that are listening. First of all, he listened to the advice of his friend and he did a survey and he asked the right kinds of questions. What do you want to know more about? What are you willing to pay for? How much are you willing to pay? And then he went ahead and did a trial run just to see if if his audience was even interested. And it was. And it freaked him out. (laughs) And then he decided to go ahead and take it to the next level. And he wrote his ebook called You Are a Writer. And it's a book that's designed to help people see that they actually were born that way, right? And that they have a skill innate in them and that they can do this to to kind of overcome the, the fears that they have inside of them. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And the first part is kind of about the identity and the second part is about the practical steps you can take to do some of the stuff that I'm describing here. So somewhere along the line, somehow a traditional publisher came into play here. Can you can you tell us a little bit about that story? Yeah. So before I published this ebook, um, but while it was kind of an idea, um, a publisher approached me eight months into me um, starting, you know, building this platform. And uh, they asked me if I'd ever consider publishing a book, which was the only reason I had started the blog in the first place. And so here I was eight months in and, you know, on the cusp of this dream coming true. And so at first I didn't believe it. I actually had to meet with um, the acquisitions editor in person in Chicago before I would believe that this was this was real and not some sort of... Uh, you know, hey, pay me, you know, $1,000 and we'll publish you or something. This was a real opportunity. They were going to actually pay me in advance and I was going to get a real, you know, published book. What? And how, that came, how yeah. that came about was years ago, I wrote a short manifesto for a website called changethis.com. Oh, I remember uh, that. Yeah, that, I remember Yeah, them. Seth Godin started it. And I wrote, I wrote a manifesto for them, kind of a short ebook. Of, you know, they, they distribute these PDFs and ideas worth spreading. And, um, and this editor had found that buried in the archives. And then he had found my blog and he said, have you ever thought of turning this into a book? And I was like, no, but that sounds like a great idea. Now here, here's, here's a pattern that's going on here. First, you, you, um, you wrote something that was a manifesto that became a path to a book. And then you gave a presentation to some students that became a path to a book. So there is something to be said here about, you don't have to just like reach up into the sky and like 
make something out of the ether. <laughs> you can experiment with delivering your message in different ways, and some of those messages could turn out to be books, couldn't they, Jeff? Yeah, that's absolutely absolutely true, and that's where the title for your writer came from. You know, I had all these different ideas for how to write an ebook, and you know, one of the things that I'd done was. Um, I had gone from having 75 email subscribers, having over a thousand email subscribers in a week when I released my, my first little, um, that ebook, uh, that I gave away called the writer's manifesto. And, um, I was talking to a friend. I was like, I was like, Oh, you know, I need, I need to have an ebook about your first thousand subscribers. And she was like, no, there's, there's a bunch of ebooks about that. Don't do that. Uh, and then she referenced a talk that I gave at a conference, really the first talk I ever gave, where one of the, we just did this exercise where I challenged everybody in the audience who is a blogger, I, I challenged them to write down, I am a writer. And this was like the most profound moment of the whole talk for people because they tweeted it and they came to me and I saw people emailing me from that conference where they said, that was the moment that I chose to be a writer. And my friend was saying, there's power in this message and you're just overlooking it. Um, you need to call your ebook, you are a writer. And, and that's how that came about. So your first physical book was wrecked. Is that correct? That's right. What's the subtitle of that book? When a Broken World Slams Into Your Comfortable Life. And give me the quick premise of the book, like uh, in, in a short sentence or two. Sure. Well, it's the, the basic idea is the purpose of your life is uh, it's not just about you, that we are most alive uh, when we are serving others. That's awesome. <laughs> now, what tips do you have for people that are listening right now that that have perhaps you know um, gone down some of the path that you're going down, and they really have dreams and aspirations to be a published author? I know that you know they came to you, but you must have learned some things along the way that you could share. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, the first thing that I learned was um, this really is a marathon. And I think it's easy to, to look at the story or listen to the story of the past two years of, of my life, which has been amazing, all these dreams coming true. But it's easy to look at that and go, wow, like that's, that would be hard to do, or that sounds like he got lucky. And I think I did get lucky in some respects. Uh, but really, this isn't a story of two years of things happening. It's a story of six or seven years of really trying things out, failing nobody knowing who I was or wanting to read a word I'd written and then failing enough times that I figured out a way for it to work. And so um, I really do think that this is a long-term endurance game. And there are moments where you're in the spotlight, shining, feeling great. And then there is a lot of time where you're not, you know, it's sort of like a, a, an iceberg, I guess, where you just, what you see on the surface, uh, is just a, a small uh, percentage of, of the stuff that's happening underneath. So uh, that would be the first thing I'd say. Is, is, you know, it is really important to persevere and uh, not quit. The second thing I've learned, which is equally important, is I think we all in our minds have these ideas of what it will mean to arrive. And, and I think whether or not we voice them, or whether or not we write them down as goals, uh, we tend to subconsciously think that if this happened, I would be okay. Like I would be fulfilled. I would be complete. So if I made six figures or a million dollars, uh, or if I could just publish a book, or if I could just get 
100 unique visitors a day or 10,000 email subscribers, whatever it is. I've said all of those things. Um, and, and the truth is when those things come, and they do, if we persevere and do good work, they will come. We just want a little bit more. And so what I have learned is, um, you know, all of my dreams that I ever set out to accomplish have been achieved and exceeded. And yet I still kind of want a little bit more. And on one hand, as an entrepreneur, I go, well, that's okay. That kind of fuels this desire. Um, it, it can be good. On the other hand, I just have to rein it in and, and realize that um, the fact that I get to do this every day, the fact that I get to write, which is my passion, regardless of, of money or accolades or any of that, but the fact that I get to do what I love, that means I've, I've already arrived. And everything after that is just crazy. And so I, I do think it's important to not just live for the destination, but really enjoy the journey wherever you are, because frankly, it's all a journey. Jeff, there was a moment in your life, probably nine months to a year ago, when you decided to go from that full-time job to full-time business owner. Um, what was the deciding factor? What pushed you over the cliff? Well, I had a conversation with a friend, and uh, an older friend, a mentor, really, and I was so afraid of leaving my job. I, I was one of those people who really liked his job. I didn't hate my job. I wasn't stuck in a cubicle. I was already working from home for a nonprofit, uh, an organization doing good around the world. Uh, I believed in what I was doing. I was working with great people. My boss you know, had mentored me, and I was really afraid to take the risk to go out and do something new. And it felt selfish to me because this was my dream, and um, you know, it felt like I was abandoning all these people that had helped me get to where I was, and how dare I go out and do this own thing. Uh, and go do my own thing. And I was talking to a friend of mine, and um, I said, you know, I just, I just don't know. I just don't know if this is a good idea. Am I being greedy because I'm, you know, I could potentially make more money doing this? Um, you know, what, what, what do I do here? And he said, real candidly, he said, Jeff, what happened to you uh, is rare, and and I didn't see it coming. Uh, I don't think anybody saw it coming, and so you need to. Um, consider the possibility that not doing this, not doing this would be an act of disobedience. And he said an act of disobedience to God. And, and I thought, wow, I, I, I was thinking this was kind of about me. I didn't really think about this being bigger than me or, you know, part of my destiny or calling. And so that for me was a moment where I realized, you know, there's a deeper story going on here. Um, that this is this is bigger than me. It isn't just about me, but it is it is an opportunity for me to, um, you know, do something big, and, and I I need to uh, take it. To the person listening right now, who is fearful to follow his or her passion, and has really been eating up everything that you've been saying, but still is facing some serious fears. What do you want to say to that person right now? I think the, the typical thing that, that you would hear somebody say or that you expect somebody to say is just go for it, man. Like, just have faith and take the leap. 
And I don't, I, I would never say to do that because uh, I, when I was in that position, I did not want to hear that. I did not want to hear some other successful guru telling me I just needed to believe more or trust more or try harder because, um, you know, I had bills to pay and I had a family to take care of. And that felt very irresponsible to me. And I was just afraid. I mean, bottom line, I was just afraid. And somebody telling me to not be afraid didn't really help. Uh, I think the boring non-sexy answer is um, start now, Um, you know, start building something on the side. So it took me two years to build this business before it it really competed with my job. It took me a year to build the platform and it took me another year to figure out how to actually make money off of it. And so I think a lot of people want to tell you to take a leap. And I would say, build a bridge. You know, if you're you're on one side of the chasm and you're trying to get to the other and you're not trying to do what most self-employed people do, which is fall down to, you know, grisly, ugly death because it is risky, uh, the way that you minimize and mitigate some of that risk is you build it slowly on the side. And slow is relative. Maybe it's a few weeks, a few months, or, or even a few years. But I think the myth is it's all or nothing now. And what I learned uh, is it's actually a little bit every day, 20, 30 minutes, wherever you can fit it in. And you do that over time, it creates a lot of momentum. Jeff Goins, your latest book is The In-Between, Embracing the Tension Between Now and the Next Big Thing. I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. I know that I found it very inspirational, and I'm venturing to guess that a lot of people also did. Can you tell folks where they can learn more about you? Sure. Uh, So my blog is goinswriter.com and uh, you can go there, subscribe to a free newsletter, get a couple of free ebooks. You know, find me on Facebook and Twitter there. And, um, you know, I've written a bunch of articles about this, about chasing your passion, about how I built my platform. Uh, so what I'll do, uh, Mike, for your listeners, just because it'll be more convenient than listing all of those URLs, is if people want to go to goinswriter.com slash SME, um, I'll just have kind of a, a, a list of some, um, uh, links and some other resources that people can get for free there. Cool. And we should spell it out. It's G O I N S com slash S E S M E. Jeff, thank you so much for taking time out of your day and sharing your story with us. It, it was awesome. Thank you, Mike. Totally my pleasure. And thank you for uh, what you're doing with social media examiner. It's long been a great resource for me and I hope people enjoy this and all of your uh, future episodes. Wow. I hope somebody like you who has an idea and wants to take it to the next level were inspired by this interview today. If there was anything that we mentioned during today's show that you missed, we have very detailed and comprehensive show notes for you at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 6767. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while and you're not already subscribed I would love it if you would consider subscribing so you do not miss a future episode. Also, I would covet a review. If you're on Stitcher Radio, you can visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash Stitcher. And if you're an iTunes person, you can visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash iTunes. In both these situations, I would love it if you would give us a star rating and a written review. And with that, we're finished, folks. This brings us to the end of yet another social media marketing podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. We'll be back next week with another great show. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. 
and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.